It's that Zoe girl. All right. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Happy birthday. Happy day. Whenever you're listening to this, whatever day or time it is, happy, happy, because it's episode two. We made it to episode two, and today I have an amazing guest, someone who I met very recently, but who I instantly just had a great connection with, and I thought everyone else would have a connection with as well. I'm very thrilled to introduce everybody to Justin Mobley. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Justin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I have been wanting to talk to you anyways because Justin and I just met on a film set in November, December is kind of when it was going on. And we only got four days to really hang out. And so, yeah, I've been wanting to talk to you more and like learn more about you since then anyways. Oh, uh, here you are. Here we go. This here is going to get interesting. You are I in know. For a treat. I, I already know that like your crazy Sagittarian energy is going to come through in the perfect way. <laughs> yeah, yes. And it, yeah, even though we, we definitely get a bad rep for whatever reason. No, I know the reason. Sagittarians ain't shit. So I get it. I understand. <laughs> I Sagittarians understand. are fun. You're feisty. Some of us are, you know, I, I'm definitely not the typical Sag, like most of my Sagittarian friends and people that I know want to be in the spotlight. Um, they're very outspoken. Uh, like they want to be the life of the party. They are the life of the party. And me, I'm more of an observer. I don't necessarily need to be in the spotlight. As a matter of fact, I don't like the spotlight, even though I tend to get like, drawn to it in yeah, a way good in the spotlight so i that's and funny. that's the interesting thing about it like i've never really been one to want to just like it's weird i've I, like i i like i want to be popular but then i'm just like when my social battery gets drained i just do not feel like being bothered <laughs> i just want to just chill out and just be like all right y'all can have this i'm good right, mm-hmm. just let me let me fall back in my in my zone, do my thing. And then I'll come back out and talk to y'all when I'm ready. But yeah, exactly. Sometimes you need to cocoon. I'm the same way. And sometimes I feel bad because I will forget to text people back for a while. I'll like be terrible at communicating. But after a while, like just talking to people all the time or being out doing stuff, it's just so nice to ignore everything and not have to talk to anybody or see anybody. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, it's like, um, so with me in that regard, you know, being a Sag, I'm definitely more of a person that I have to just kind of sit back and observe people. And mm-hmm. then I become open and become uh, a chatterbox and like to chat talk. Uh, I think I've even told you I'm what is what Kendrick Lamar called an antisocial extrovert. So yeah. that's what I claim. I, I, you know, I'd rather, I'm definitely an introvert at heart, but I've learned to navigate through the many, many jobs that I have had in the past to (laughs) talk to people, engage with them and, you know, enjoy it in a way where it doesn't feel like it's a chore. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like you have to get to a a point in almost anything that you're doing where you have to like change your frame of mind because I think that anything even if you love it at first at a certain point anything starts feeling like a little bit of work like the burnout kind of starts coming and you have to be like okay wait a minute yeah I actually like doing this I'm actually working with my friends or whatever you know like these people understand me yeah yes definitely so what was your first job sorry to interrupt no what was your first job when you were like in high school or whenever you were like (laughs) you know starting to want to make your own money so you could do things or had to Uh make your own money my first job, I was a busser at Outback Steakhouse. Oh. With, yeah. <laughs> Outback, that's awesome. I love the Bloomin' Onion. Oh, my God. I hated the Bloomin' Onion. And it, re- and it was only mainly because I worked in the kitchen and I smelled it all the time. So I was just like, this is disgusting. This is gross. I mean, is at first it was like. You go home smelling like it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Definitely. Every day. Every single day. 
<laughs> at first it was okay. I mean, you know, it's like any restaurant where you're, you know, you work there, you're like, oh, I'm going to eat this. I get to try this. I get to, you know, but literally after a week that dies quickly and you're just like, I hate this. I love the bread. I actually, I, I love, I ate the bread constantly at Outback and the wings. But other than that, yeah, the blooming onion, I was like, Ugh, nope. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what it was like for me when I worked at Olive Garden. Some people really hate Olive Garden, but it's surprising how many people love Olive Garden. And some of the food, like the soup is always fresh. Always love the soup. Um, but some of the pasta stuff, I just don't understand how people can really get that into it. Yeah, the breadsticks are phenomenal. I would the say breadsticks? that is literally, yes. that is like, you know, Olive Ooh, Garden. Dip it in some thing. Alfredo sauce. Oh, mm. man. I mean, yeah, that's why I had to stop going to Olive Garden because I just be like, <laughs> just bring the breadsticks. And I mean, I'll tip you well. I just want to eat breadsticks and listen. Water. I've got money. Just bring I, the bread I, and the cheese. I got money. Just bring my goddamn breadsticks. That's all <laughs> I ask. Like, you can charge me whatever you want. Not have whatever you want, but you can charge me a fair price for yeah. this bread and cheese. Right. If I get to like breadstick basket number four, it becomes an appetizer. All right. I get it. You can charge me $11.99 <laughs> for this basket and I will do that. I don't mind. That. But, it's only fair. Listen, we're not trying to rip anyone off. We're just trying no. to really indulge in some bread. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You get to four four baskets of breadsticks at Olive Garden. You You definitely... Yeah, you guys. Yeah, problems. see, and when you're a famous actor, they'll just be sending you bundles of the bread. I, you know what? And at that point, I, you know, it's, it's, and you know, this being an actress is like, it is tough with the weight thing on because everything on camera gets magnified. Mm -hmm. So because of that, you know, as much as I would love, 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 love to just eat pizza all day and french fries all day. I'm like, I, I can't, I gotta constantly keep myself in a, you know, a, a certain weight brain. Yeah, what's your kind of like workout routine? I know that you're really into fitness and that you've done like even some fitness ads and stuff recently. Uh, how, what's your like fitness journey been like and has acting, like getting into film and stuff really made a, a difference in like the way that you're working out? Um, so I started off, um, taking you back to like when I was 20, I started doing martial arts at the age of 20 and I took that up as uh, a bit of a hobby, um, a stress reliever. And, uh, that kind of was like my introduction to organized fitness. <clears throat> I've been working out really since I was like in fifth grade. <laughs> nice. Starting <Yeah>. young. <laughs> yeah, I started young. My dad is, uh, uh, he, he was, uh, he's a veteran, a war veteran. He was in Vietnam. And so oh, wow. um, he instilled in me a lot of like fitness and workout regiments at a very, very early age in regards to like discipline and stuff like that. So, you know, I started working out when I was literally in fifth grade. And it was funny because... I never knew what kind of an impact it would have until one day in class. Um, I was wearing a sweater and I had a, a t-shirt underneath it. So I was hot, you know, I was like, okay, it's getting hot as hell in this class. So mm -hmm. I, up and I was taking my shirt off, but you know how like when your t-shirt sticks to the sweater, so the t-shirt obviously rises as the sweater is coming off. Mm -hmm. and it was it was it was so funny. These girls <laughs> flipped out because they were like, "Oh my god, he's got a six pack!" And I was like, "The fuck?" I was like, <laughs> I was like uh, "What? Who are y'all talking?" And they just went crazy because they were just, "Oh my god, lift your shirt up!" And I was like, "Like this?" And they're like, "Oh." And I was like, "Okay, this is strange." I was cut like, to I Justin at lunch. You have like a little booth set up. You, it's like one dollar for a peek I at my six pack. You not, at, at that time, it was just a quarter. I was like, "You give me a quarter, I'll show you." You know, I, I, I'll, you know. And there began my days of being a stripper. And so um, that's just kind of how it all started. Actually, that that kind of is where it all started. 
And so there we go. I yeah. love that. Yeah, that's kind of that kind of because I, I told you I was a stripper at one point, didn't I? Yeah. How long were you a stripper for? A week. <laughs> a week and a half. It that's counts. It. What made you like, when were you like, you know, I'm just going to do it? Because I've had the thought a lot of times where I was like, I could just be a stripper. Like, you know, I could just go make money this way. But then I've never been like, had the balls to just go do it. Yeah, I did it mainly because my, <laughs> this is going to sound funny. My mother and my aunt kind of like dared me to do it. Really? Yeah. My mother and my aunt, they were driving in a, we, we, I was in a car with both of them one day. and. um I was, I had to be about 17, eight, I don't know. I was in my teens and my mother, um, they were like talking shit about me. And my mother's like, you need to get your ass out the house and get a job. And, you know, you get a job and get out the house because I'm tired of feeding you. That She was really being funny, but also being serious at the same time. And um, my aunt, she was like, yeah, she was like, you could be a stripper. She was like, you got the body for it. You might as well go out and use your body. I was like, really? You're just gonna solicit your nephew like that, and then my yeah, you're mom, just gonna pimp me out like that. I was like, God damn! And then my mother said the same thing. She was like, Yeah. She was like, You might as well. And I just said, You know what? Okay, cool. <laughs> so there was a guy who used to throw like these house parties, and he would at this mall um, that I worked in at the time. Uh, the guy was there. And I seen him always promoting and doing all this weird shit. And so I just was like, hey, man, I see you sitting here doing all these like parties. Do, you know, what is this about? And then he explained it to me. And he was like, yeah, I also do like, you know, stripper parties. I was like, that's what's up. That's cool. He was like, you know, I got dudes that also do the stripping, too. And I was like, oh, OK. You're like, you don't say. Cool. You know, mm-hmm. and I, it was, I was like, why are you telling me this? And then he like kind of like was like scanning me and I was like, oh, it all started clicking. Yeah. 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 I seen that he was like basically recruiting me and I said, ain't this a bitch. And so uh, you're you're like, is this a sign? Yeah. I was like, all right, well, maybe this means that this is all right. You know, screw it. Why not? So I did it for a week. And the first job I did was the worst experience ever because no I, I gotta say you know and i am i i thoroughly understand when women when y'all say no it means no mm-hmm. and that's what i was saying to a bunch of women <laughs> i'm like oh. no like this appendage is attached to me you can't take it with you like it's yeah I'm not just a piece of meat. I am a human. I might be a sexy dancing human for you, but you can't just grab me. Right. You know, and I'm like, it was like, you know, once once the alcohol started flowing, all bets were off. And I was just completely out of my element. And I was never really big on like, um, like drugs and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, see, I, this is where you would have to do drugs because you kind of got to be out of your body to, you know, be able to get through this. <laughs> is there like a training process for a stripper? Like, is it, was there someone else there with you? Like, hey, so this is kind of what we do, or did they just like throw you into the lion's den? They just kind of threw me into the lion's den. Um, I, 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 I was in a lot of dance groups growing up as a kid too. Mm-hmm. So um, I did like a lot of hip hop dancing and uh, very sexually, it's very sexual kind of uh, you like know how to move your body you're a good dancer (laughs) like (laughs) dirty dancing times yeah 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 x then that's basically what i was doing and so i knew how to move and how to you know create the vibe you had an idea of like what you were supposed to do and yeah i think that we've also all seen like online or on TV or something like everyone's seen crazy strippers at bachelor and bachelorette parties. Like if you ever seen magic Mike or Channing Tatum, you, that's basically what I was doing. And like the way they moved, I was really good at that from (laughs) years and years of just dancing and like learning how to just, yeah, I guess 
gyrate. I don't know. It's it's a really interesting thing. After your know. first, like during the first time, when you got home, were you like, wow, I'm like, did you want to do it again? Were you kind of hesitant? How were you feeling? I, I was definitely like, no, I don't think I want to do this again. Even though I yeah. made some pretty, I made a pretty nice coin. I mean, I, I definitely made some money, but it was like, I'm good. Like, that is hard. It was hard. I stopped being hard. I mean, it was just weird. Yeah. I, I think I it's one like, of those things where even whenever you're hooking up with someone, because even for me, I've like gone on a date with someone, had an amazing date, everything's going great, and we start hooking up. And then somewhere where, while we're hooking up, I like start losing losing it i guess and stop feelings into it and then it just feels really like weird like whenever the partner is touching me or something and so i couldn't imagine how it would feel if it's just like a room of people that you kind of aren't that into it with yeah that's 100 percent right there absolutely so i was like you know what nah i'm good so <laughs> i left that alone and um yeah uh back to the fitness i guess i you know I, I started with martial arts and then i ended up um doing that for about 15 16 years um somewhere in there i got uh involved and became a massage therapist and uh went to school for that and then after that i decided to become a personal trainer after a really really shitty breakup <laughs> oof is it a breakup that you um still have a little bit of like a sour taste in your mouth or are you in this person no no it's yeah it's 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 been years um but she was the longest person i've been with i was with her for like nine and a half years whoa okay yeah. <laughs> that's a very long relationship yeah from 20 all the way up until 30. wow mm. yeah. did so that breakup must have just been, were you surprised by it? Was it a shock or could you kind of see it coming? Like, was it, it a was, hit her out kind of thing? It was coming. It was coming. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it definitely, um, we, you know, we, it, it, we just grew apart ultimately. Uh, at the time I thought I wanted kids and she clearly did not. Um, we went through kind of a situation where, uh, she, you know, had an abortion and that kind of like broke me, mm -hmm. uh, hurt my, yeah, that, that really like hurt a lot at the time. It was weird because at first we agreed like, okay, yeah, we'll do the abortion. And I was all on board. I'm like, yeah, I'm not ready to have a kid. And then like when it came down to the time of it about, you know, when she was about to go through with it, you know, I was having like second thoughts and um yeah it's a huge decision it it's kind of like wait 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 it, if you don't think about the future and the consequences at all it's like great in theory but then sometimes you're like imagining how your life could be and you're like oh is this really what i want to do yeah yeah so yeah i mean when it happened it just crushed me so i was just kind of like hmm I don't know. And I, I really couldn't see myself marrying her after all that time. And I knew at that point, I was like, okay, um, this isn't going to really go anywhere. And then I started like, like doing stuff outside of the relationship at the time. And, you know, it just, it just things got sloppy. It and sounds like, like you both were like hurting a lot and yeah. like trying to fit, find a way to deal with the hurt. Yeah, definitely. And so, uh, yeah, that was it pretty much. Nine and a half years. And uh, it was like, all right, we're done. So Wow. Yeah. So that led me into personal training. And that's how I kind of turned that into a career, basically, all up until till now. I've been uh, training professionally for about eight years now. That's amazing. That's really yeah. cool because I feel like, I am the kind of person that I can either go one of two ways. Like I can either spiral out and just start drinking a bunch and being depressed and not working out. It's so easy for me to like fall off my workout train and just go into like substance abuse hole. And so it's really cool that you were able to go that healthy route. I feel that's the route that 
the older I get, I'm much more inclined to anyways, just because I like how good my body feels whenever I'm actually not being crazy to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it took some time. I mean, I definitely went through a state of depression um, that was very toxic and damaging. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, my, cause when I, when I used to get depressed, like, you know, it was, it was some really, really dark times <laughs> and I never really turned to like any type of substance to kind of like help me get out of it. I just dealt with it. And that was just like brutal. So you that know, is I would be, amazing though. Like I can't imagine how hard that would have been, but I feel like in the long run, you're better off for it because you actually did go through it and process it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now, uh, hindsight, looking back at it, you know, I'm just like super grateful for it because like you said, it definitely gave me a different, uh, outlook and point of, uh, point of vision in my life now where I'm just very, uh, I'm able to just kind of, I just let shit go. You know, it's like yeah. I, my, my biggest, my mantra in life is, uh, which I say constantly to myself is that you just can't control the outcome. So with that, um, I find a place to just kind of reset my mind. And by doing that, I'm just like, I let it go. Any shit you could do about it at this point in time, you know, just, yeah, it is what it is. So I just live in the moment and whatever will be, will be. And, you know, if things go one way, great. If they don't go that way, great. I, you know, it's, that's just life. So. And especially knowing that, like, whenever you've been through something so shitty like that, whenever stuff starts popping up, it's kind of like, okay, well, I can't control anything that happens. I've already been through some really hard stuff, and I've made it this far, so, like, I can probably handle whatever else is going to come my way. You yeah. know, like, Pretty yeah, much. not worth worrying about things. I am a huge worry wart, and I, it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't have to deal with that thing till Friday. Why don't I just worry about it on Thursday night and not worry about it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. I get, I've been there. I have absolutely been there, but yeah, like now I just, I do what I can with what I got. And, you know, um, it, like I said, I've, I've definitely just learned so much from dealing with past traumas and um, uh, past relationships that just didn't work that now I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> it is what yeah. it is. And you know that whenever like the thing co that comes that is right, it's going to be so much easier and it's just going to flow because oh, you're yeah. in that mind frame. Yeah. And that's how I feel with acting. Like now it just, you know, which I never really thought I would be an actor. I never really. Yeah. How did you get into it? You know, what's interesting about, I've always, I've, I've, I don't like to brag. I, I've been talented. When I was a kid, oh, I brag, baby. Brag. I know, I know. When I okay, so when I grew up, um, taking me going back to my childhood, uh, mm -hmm. I grew up in a much older family. So like my my parents are basically like the age of grandparents, and my siblings are the age of like parents. So um, my mom had me when she was thirty nine, and okay. so I was like kind of an accident ish. But I've always like just been super creative and I grew up an only child. Like I had siblings, but they were so much older. Like my oldest sister is 21 years older than me. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a big Like dude. all of my siblings were out of the house by the time I was born. <laughs> and um, except for my youngest sister, which I think she Dion is like 16 or 14 years older than me or something like that. So she was still in the house, but she was on her way out. So you know, I grew up an only child. And with that, you know, I learned just really how to be creative on my own. So when I was a kid, I started like drawing comic books and I got really into drawing and I loved it. Um, and then as time went on in high school, I got into like music. So I started learning like how to make beats and instrumentation took piano lessons and stuff like that. And I've always, I've, I've been a singer all my life because my dad's a singer and my grandfather, well, my grandfather was a singer. So I can sing and- uh, 
I didn't know that about you. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm a singer. That's why it was. That's why, like, when you have like R&B, like music, like, yeah, I'm like, oh hell yeah, that's my stuff because I, I grew up on R&B. So like, oh. absolutely, that's all I sing. I sing like love songs. I write poetry and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I I just was you know I grew up just in a creative mindset constantly, and yeah, so, a true artist kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wrote for Disney. Um, for a little bit, like wrote songs for them for some of their TV shows. So it was all oh my, with me. What? You've lived so many lives. Like, who are you? I I thought I told you that. You didn't know that? No, I don't. I Maybe not. Maybe it, it must have got brought up on set since Lexi's working with Disney right now. But like, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I wrote songs for, um, at the time, the TV show was called Shake It Up. Um, mm -hmm. It had Zendaya and Bella Thorne as the lead uh series regulars on the show and yeah so, yeah i was i was writing songs on that tv show for a little bit and uh i did a movie called let it shine that was a disney straight to home uh movie that they did on like their original movie channel or something like that so um and then i did like little jingles here and there for their christmas specials and stuff so it was cool i, I had a, i definitely had a lot of fun working and writing songs and I still have an itch for it here and there and I'll probably get back into it. But acting kind of just happened really by accident. <laughs> I was <laughs> my my niece um was getting into acting and I was looking at her so my my sister who lives in California, she managed my little nephew and my nephew was an actor, model, did his thing. And my niece, like maybe about three years ago, she decided she wanted to get into acting. And so I saw her like on Instagram doing all these things and like taking classes and all of this stuff and just kind of stepping out on her own. And she did it even without my sister's help. So, cause my oh, sister wow. had all of these connections and stuff like that. So, you know, she was just like, nah, I'm gonna do this on my own. And she did, she got her own little manager and all of this stuff. And I was like, yo, that's what's up, Brianna. So when I saw her doing it, I was like, man, I got the itch. It was just like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna do this. Let me give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So I went out, <laughs> got uh, my first headshots um, done by one of my coworkers who worked with me at the gym. And uh, I just kind of started out like that, took my first acting, class back in 2019 in July and the rest is history pretty much <laughs> that's not that long ago it's that's not. crazy to me it's I know we talked about that on set and yeah it's not and I like again but I don't control the outcome you know and I just kind yeah. of give it up to uh to the flow of the universe and you know whatever happens just happens so yeah I mean I've just been real super fortunate. I got signed to my uh, first agency. Uh, literally, it was like the first agency that I sent like a submission to. Um, they signed me right when COVID happened. Like the, the, literally like right in the middle of April, I got an email from my agent now and she was just like, hey, I looked over your stuff. I love your look. You got this. I, I could see that she was like, you know, I, I, you know, I'd like to sign you. And I was like, cool. <laughs> All right, I guess. That's probably the last thing that you expected to happen when a pandemic started. Exactly. I mean, but I got it. And you know, you know what? I understood what, because at the time, you know, she was like, we don't have anything else to do. You know, nobody is filming. Nobody's doing anything. So now we had the opportunity to like look at artists and look at talent and, you know, really kind of build our roster and see who's out there. And so she she got me on and ever since then yeah things have just kind of like happened so i'm excited wow yeah and since then you've been doing a lot of stuff like even today you were at some fittings for stuff you've got coming up yeah yeah i'm gonna be on um chicago med i filmed this friday uh my first co-star co role so I'm excited. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to see it. That's yeah, so cool. I'm excited about that one. Um, because I actually got quite a few lines and it's like a very, very intense scene. So, you know, um, 
yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that all transpires. It should be airing, I think, the second week of March. But I'll definitely keep you uh, uh, updated and notified and have everybody check it out. Yes, please. It's amazing how fast these things happen. Like, to know that you just got cast, it's about to film this week, and then it'll be out, like, sometime in March. Yeah, and they don't they don't play around. I mean, you know, like, watching them do what they do. It takes, like, it's take, it takes about eight to ten days for them to film a 30... No, this is an hour. Yeah, so an hour show, it takes about eight to ten days for them to film. And um, they started last Wednesday, and they're still filming, you know, as we speak. And it's just, uh, it's amazing, the process. But you you know, I mean, you you do this, so. I haven't been on one of those shows yet, though, with, like, a an actual, like, big show like that, which I think would be really fun. And, uh, like, to, I don't know, being on set like that seems like a whole different kind of animal. It, it, it is, you know, and the thing, like, because, like, when we were on set in, in December, you know, yeah. it's it's definitely, even though, like, you know, Ross was, like, really high-strung, everybody, you know, was all over Ross the place. Ross is our and, director for everybody listening. <laughs> yes, yes, big up to Ross. Um, you know, everybody was really high-strung on, on set a little bit, but, you know, we were chill. You know, we had fun, we were laughing and, like, joking, you know, and stuff like that. And we got to know each other, obviously, because we were doing the rehearsals for like a month in November. So we got the chance yeah. to like really know each other. But when you're on one of these sets, like they don't fuck around. Like if you don't know your lines or you're just like not getting it and you're not prepared, they will figure out a way to get what they need out of you and deal with the rest later. They aren't playing. They're not like really there to be like friends with you to a certain degree. I mean, they are, they do treat you with respect. Um, you know, everybody does want to make you feel comfortable, but at the end of the day, they like is, work, like time is money. They're working on like that's it. a schedule and they want everyone to like probably be super focused. I know I totally feel bad sometimes because on set, I know I can be having too much like fun joking around every now and then. I'm like, okay, now I got to be serious. I got to be serious. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I think like for a movie that could be a little bit different because there's so much time that's, you know, involved in just like filming the actual movie. When you're talking about like these TV shows where they're like on a schedule and they got to get it moving and they got to keep it moving. They just don't have time to kind of like giggle and be like, I mean, it, it happens, but ultimately it's not like, you know, it was when we were on set with um, our film. So, yeah. Have, has your family seen you like on the big screen yet? Have you been able to like see their reaction to seeing you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I shot a short film last summer in August and that was my first short film that I shot. Um, and the reaction that I got was uh, surprisingly phenomenal. <laughs> I was kind of shocked. I didn't expect too much of anything. Um, a lot of people love, love uh, the concept. They love the acting. Um, and, you know, a lot of people just like, man, you were like the best actor on there. And I'm just like, okay, you're just saying it because you're biased. But then I, <laughs> I like, then I, I like showed it to my, um, one of my acting coaches who definitely helped me in terms of preparation, um, I sent it to her because I knew like, you know, her critique would be like on a pure educational, like, okay, did he she's going to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah. She's like technique wise. How was, you know, she's looking for all of that. She's just not looking for pure entertainment, but um, I sent it to her and her response was the best. She was just like, Oh my God, Justin, she was like, you kill. And so at that point, like the confidence rose and I was like, cool. So I started taking even more classes and more classes and just kind of like really um, uh, like drowning myself in the art. And uh, yeah, and I'm still about to sign up for some more classes, some online like online camera classes pretty soon because I just yeah, I feel like if I'm not actually doing anything in terms of like being in front of the camera like you know on a set for a tv yeah. show or a film at least i keep myself in it by just taking classes so i don't get out of it because i i have a tendency to really get bored quickly <laughs> and then i'll just like fall <laughs> completely out of it 
and be like, oh, I don't want to do that shit anymore. I'm good. You know, so it's like, no, I, I force myself to. You have to like keep flexing the muscle, right? Even yeah. when you're not using it, you have to like keep working it out. No, yeah, yeah. And I've, I've, it's crazy how like even doing that, I've become so much better at memorization and learning how to like read three, four pages of dialogue. And sometimes it's like, you know, seven paragraphs and you're just like, y'all want me to say all of that shit? And so, you know, I can memorize, but I've, I've learned to like memorize those paragraphs and then go through the entire scene. And I'm like, holy shit, this is crazy that this is actually working my brain out like it would be any other muscle if I were doing fitness. So it's, yeah. that's how I combine the two. And that's why I, I love doing it because it reminds me so much of my journey in fitness that I'm like, oh, I get fitness. So this this reminds me just of that. They go hand in hand. That's a really cool way to look at it, actually. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. And I think it is in, important for an actor to be exercising like every muscle we have anyways. Our bodies, our instrument, and our brain is such a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I sadly have seen a lot of actors who couldn't have their lines like memorized correctly, who either ended getting ended up getting like a lot of their good parts cut out of it just because the director thought like instead of having this awkward bit or the part where they mess up their line or whatever, we just won't do that part. Yeah. Or they have to have rewrites or all sorts of crazy stuff. People don't realize how important the memorization is. Yeah. Yeah. And still being in character without sounding like you're reading, like you're like just kind of like going through the list of dialogue in your head. You're actually having a conversation. So it should yeah. sound authentic. <laughs> yeah. You want to know the lines so well, like well enough that you could be doing anything and know what you're about to be saying. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it so much more natural. Yeah. So that's where I'm at, like right now, even with the, uh, the lines that I got to do for the Chicago Med thing. I'm just like, and it's not that many, but, you know, with the action. And again, I don't know what the director's kind of like vision is and how they are. And, you know, so it's just like just being on my A game and just being prepared and, you know, whatever happens, yeah. happens. So how many hours of sleep do you get a night um, to be on your A game? On average, I can't go over six hours of sleep. I do have you get to... like a hangover, a sleep hangover? Yeah. If I get eight hours of sleep, I wake up very groggy. I usually sleep anywhere between four to six hours and then I'm ready to go. What? That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. And I get that wow. from my, definitely from my mother. Um, my brother, my oldest brother is like that. And I remember growing up watching him as a kid when I would go to LA and I would stay with him some summers and he is the hardest working human being I've ever met. And like, I admired his work ethic and his determination and his motivation. And watching that, I would just be like, dude, you're crazy. I'm like, you worked literally like 14 hours today. Then we went out and played miniature golf and went to the arcade. You entertained me, came back home, <laughs> cooked, you know, interacted with your girlfriend. And then you did some more work and then he would maybe sleep for like three, four hours, wake up and just be gone and do it again. And he'd be like, hey, Justin, I left this, this in, in the kitchen and the freezer. You're hungry. You got this. It's like, I'll be back in about 10 hours. I got to go meet a client. And I was just like, Jesus, dude, do you ever sleep? And wow, that is some real adult shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched him do that. And I was just like, holy shit. And it was funny because I remember like when I first started like getting into this rhythm of time where I only sleep like four hours, but I wake up and I feel refreshed and I just can do whatever. I, I remember calling him and I was like, bro, I was like, I understand now. He was like, yeah, you get it, don't you? I was like, yeah. I was like, I can't sleep eight hours a day. I just, it's just not in me. I got to keep moving. Wow. Thanks, I Chris. don't. That's so wild to me. I feel like um, I can function off of little sleep, but it catches up to me after a while. Like, I can't do it for very long. Yeah, and it will. It hits me, and then there's moments where I'm just like, okay, going to bed for at least eight hours. But it takes a while for me to get to that point. Like, even, like, 
Um, and then the other thing is, is like caffeine doesn't phase me. Like I have an immunity to caffeine. So when I drink, like I, I could drink five espressos and it does nothing. Do you still drink it then? Do you still try and do it for the placebo effect? Yeah. I drink like a cappuccino <laughs> every day and I just drink it just because like, I might even have one tonight and for everybody. It's a nice ritual. Hey, I'm not, I love it. You know, and I make my own at home. So I'm like, fuck it. You know, I'm like, why not? But yeah, I, I drink it and enjoy it. And it's just more of a placebo thing. Cause other than that, like people are like, dude, you notice how much caffeine is in this or that. And I'm like, doesn't phase me. I'm cool. Like, You're a lucky person. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe unlucky, depending on the way that you look that's, at it. Yeah, I, I see it as unlucky because I'm like, well, what am I? Everybody else gets a jolt from this. What the hell do I got? Like, yeah, like I, don't, I have caffeine sensitivity. Like my body does not do on caffeine. So I do decaf. Yeah. And it's just like a decaf cappuccino isn't always the same. It's not the full flavor. Yeah. Yeah, and see, I yeah, I, I can do it, and I'm fine. I think one time I had like um, just to try it, I had like three energy drinks, and both of the and the drinks had like 300 milligrams of caffeine in each can, and I drank all three of them back to oh. back. I just wanted to see what was gonna happen. I was like, Oh my gosh, gonna... that's the Sagittarius energy in you, yeah. wanting to see what happens if you drink three. Yeah, I was like let me just see what happens. You know, fuck it. <laughs> I was like. And I did, and I, the only thing it really it messed my stomach up. It gave me gas. I was like, "Well, I'm not doing that shit again." But other than that, yeah, it was like no energy. I, I literally went to sleep. I took a nap. <laughs> at wow, work. I that's shocking to me. I remember like two rumors in my middle school, and maybe I'm making them up in my head now, or twisting them around in my head somehow. All these years later, but I remember someone said that this girl Velvet like drank three monster energy drinks and her heart she like had a heart attack or something yeah and then i also remember hearing a a rumor that she also ate a whole bag of flaming hot cheetos and ruined her stomach lining or something <laughs> obviously no one thought that this girl was eating correctly or something i don't know yeah yeah and they just wanted <laughs> to make her the example like this is what can happen you know yeah yeah exactly and so i was always so paranoid about drinking too many energy drinks because i'm such a hypochondriac anyways i just really thought my heart would explode <laughs> yeah i didn't care <laughs> <laughs> you were like let's see what happens you know we live near a hospital the you, worst know, case hey, scenario. you know at this point i'm like you know if i die today i can at least say i've done quite a bit that i would be okay i'm like you know no biggie and like I, you said you can't control the outcome nope that's so, it that is it so i just kind of leave it up to like i said that universal flow and just let it go and do what it does and yeah were you ever like you seem very spiritual and like into the universe now have you ever been like religious in the past or yes. is your family very religious yes um fortunately my family um never really like beat religion into me um in the sense of like you know they gave me a choice uh i grew up my, my grandfather was a pastor he had his own church um and my dad was never really like into it because he just didn't like to live in that limelight of his father and like he had to be in the church and so my dad was like man i'm not doing that shit so fortunately because of that <laughs> my dad was like yeah if you want to go to church fine if you don't i don't give a shit and i was like cool so awesome i went to church and i mean you know i i, I was a christian for a little bit and then you know um my third eye opened up and I was just like, you know what, fuck that. <laughs> it's like, um, I, you know, I like and take into, consider, I take into consideration so many different like religions and ideas because they all have so many interesting um, points of view that I'm just like, cool, I take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that, I like this, I like that. And then the stuff that I don't agree with, I just disregard it. And I'm like, cool, this is who I am. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was I did religious religion for a little bit, and then I just became, I guess, more spiritually enlightened in a sense. So, 
you know i'm like i feel like you and i practice the same form of spirituality i'm definitely the same way like there's some parts of the bible that i find very comforting but i definitely also think it's a book like written by a bunch of random dudes oh of course it was like <laughs> it's a nursery rhyme I, I you know and i'm no offense yeah. to anybody who really you know uh you know has a, a huge devotion to the bible but at the end of the day, they were all stories that were designed to make people think and not take literally, you know? I mean, and that's what a nursery yeah. rhyme is. Like all nursery rhymes have some type of like message to them. Yeah, story. yeah. So, you know, I was just like, when I started reading it and kind of like analyzing it and thinking about it, I was like, man, okay, sure. I was like, there's like 12 to 13 different Jesuses that throughout the history of man, and they all had different names, but they all kind of like, the story was the same, had the same premise. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. So I was like, nah. There has to be like so much more than the heaven and hell kind of like black and white, wrong and right world. Yeah. There has to be so much more room for just the human experience. Exactly. You know, and I mean, that's what this is. It's all about the journey. I, I mean, one of one of the best movies that is out right now is this Disney Pixar animation called Soul. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you should I haven't check seen it, but everybody's been talking about it. Holy shit. Soul is phenomenal. Phenomenal writing and the concept literally is on it just it's it's just mind blowing. And you know, it, like you say, it's the human experience and that's it. So, yeah, you know, I, I, my parents, my dad is a deacon, you know, still to this day. Um, they go to church every Sunday and stuff like that, but they've never really been like, you know, like, oh, you need to go to church and oh, you don't believe in this or you, you're not that, you know, it's, they never shamed me for that. So, I, I Your family that. just sounds so cool and accepting. Like they're cool with you being a stripper. They're cool with you being like going and doing acting. They're cool with you like choosing whatever kind of religion that yeah. you want. They just seem so open and cool. Yeah, relationships. It doesn't matter. We have a very very interracial family. Um, so like our family is mixed heavily 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 mixed and they don't care my parents are like you care you love what you love it doesn't matter to me so i love that yeah that's cool and you guys get to like lead by example because a lot of people like it's just amazing how small-minded people can still be in 2021 and so to see people that are like living in a like an interracial family and being really happy and like yeah it's just cool i hope that other people see that and that it's like changing their opinions you know yeah i mean it definitely you know for me growing up it it helped a lot because my brother has um always been with you know uh when he was dating around you know he, it was all different types of like cultures that came into our family that you know we got to learn about um japanese chinese irish scottish um, you know, it, it was just a lot of different uh, ideas and, you know, things that just opened our, my mind anyway to so many different things that I appreciated it all. So I was like, oh, man, this is cool, you know. And yeah. for me, I was just like, you know, you, whoever you care about, you care about. Whoever you love, you love. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. Do you feel like you, it just sounds like um, everyone in your family being so much older than you that even though you were a kid, like you were having all these more like mature conversations and stuff. Do you feel like you matured quickly when you were a kid? Hell yeah. It's almost to a fault because <laughs> it's really hard for me to like converse with people younger than me or even my age range. Like I kicked it with, like I said, my siblings were 20, you know, years older than me, 14 years older than me. So my parents were you know, in their forties when I was like five. So, you know, all of their friends were much older. My grandparents were older. So, you know, I had these conversations and even if I didn't have a conversation with them, I was just in the room with adults. And so that's all I knew. And so when the time came for me to kind of like hang out with kids, you know, I'd be sitting there listening to conversations because again, I'm, I'm an observer and I'm just mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can't relate. I, I can't get with what you're talking about right now, like Sesame Street. The fuck? 
What is this? Yeah. I'm like, nah, nah. What is what's what's the new what's going on in the in the world with the news <laughs> right now? Like, you know, like what what's happening in politics, right? You know, so and uh, you know, I, I just I did find that it helped me in some ways. It matured, it matured me in many ways because I grew up um with a much, much older mindset. And still to this day, I'm I consider myself an old man because I don't go out, I don't party, I don't do this, you know. I'm a traveler. I want to see the world. Like I want to go and see things. Like I've had the opportunity to go to Spain, uh, Italy, France, uh, last two years. No, was it last year? I think it was last year. Oh no, that wasn't obviously wasn't in 2020. So in uh, 2019, oh. I had the opportunity to travel and for the first time, get out of this country and see a whole new world. And I was just mind blown. So mind blown, in fact, that I found my house in Spain that I'm going to end up moving to eventually. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so cool. Once, once I, I get settled and make these millions, I, I found a place oh, yeah. either in Valencia or uh, this place called Costa Tropical. And, um, that's that's where I'll, I'm gonna probably stay and come back to the states, you know, to kick it with y'all and come see <laughs> you and you know hang out with my my peeps. But yeah, yeah, you can't forget about us. But you know that just gives me an even better excuse to go to Spain. So. Oh, you're coming to Spain because I mean the house that I found <laughs> is ridiculous. It's like six bedrooms, five bathrooms. Um, it overlooks the and it's crazy because the cost of this house is dirt cheap <laughs> compared to what it would be here in the States. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, you mean you get all of this for this plus an ocean view or a, a sea view? Uh, like, isn't it everything so much better outside of America? <laughs> I said, mm, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you don't know what you're missing. Like, you know, when you just get stuck here in this little bubble of the, uh, I, well, I call it the divided states of America. Um, you just, yep. you know, you end up missing out so much on a world that is just light years ahead of us and just thought and culture and ideas. It's just crazy. I love it. Absolutely fell in love with it. So, yeah, I'm going back to Spain. That's awesome. I was in France and I loved France and I didn't get to make it to Spain, which is like right next door. So I've got to go. But I definitely want to go to France again, too. I feel the same. Like I went out of the country in 2018 and it was exactly what I needed to kind of rejuvenate my frame of thought, I guess. I was like, wow, anything really is possible. Like there really is a whole other world out here. Yeah, definitely. I really hope that everybody's able to like find, I know travel is not as accessible for everyone, especially now, but I really hope that everyone's able to like find some way to get out of their bubble, even if it's just like going cross country or something, because traveling really just, it does something to you. It's everything. I mean, I, I would pick that over any form of just like, materialistic bullshit that you know only gives you like that little bit of joy for a moment to have that experience for a lifetime is will forever be embedded in me and i'm like super grateful for it it, it was truly eye-opening that's I, beautiful i hope i like you said i really hope people you know just get to experience and you know kind of and it's tough because i get it you know some people don't really have the opportunity to do that and you know it's it's it sucks but you know like you say if you can just even take a a joy ride across the country and you know or you know get on a train and just ride the train through the country from yeah. one coast to the other you know just to see something different that you know i i, I really wish that upon everybody my friend ayani like she's just such a beautiful soul and she always says like, if you don't romanticize your own life, like, who else is going to? Yeah. And I totally feel that way. There was a time in my life when I was dating somebody who it was just a very long and bad, toxic kind of relationship. And I went, I, like, rode a train with him, like, seven hours to drop him off at, like, this, with his family at this, like, rehab. And riding the train back, 
I was like, you know what? I'm just going to romanticize this. Like, I'm just a traveler. I'm going to like be writing in my journal, listening to my moody music on the train. And I'm going to be in a movie and just like romanticized it. And it actually was like one of the best train rides I had, even though I was like leaving this really emotional kind of like depressing thing. It was one of the best train rides just because I romanticized it for myself. And I think that sometimes taking something that might seem like a normal trip or seem like a trip that might not be that fun and just making it a, a different scenario for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So where would you see yourself? Like, I mean, I guess like in, you know, the grand scheme of things, would you, where do you see yourself in the future or, you know, where would you want to be if you can like literally just drop everything right now and just be like, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm living. This is where I'm going to stay or be or do whatever. What, what would that be? Ooh, I would love to be in Nice again. I just had a special feeling when I was there. Nice. Yeah, I, and if all my family were there, that would like that would be a dream come true. But while I was there, it was just a special kind of. I felt like I'd been there before, even though I definitely had never been to France before. I, it was right by the Mediterranean Sea, and I was like, mm-hmm. I could see myself just being happy here and not having to like stress too much. Isn't it a different way of life? Like it's crazy how just chill everybody is yes and everything is so like the food is so fresh the uh, bread is delicious everything that you would think would not be good for you the sweets and stuff it's okay for you to eat because it's also natural and like oh i felt just glowing while i was there i was like oh yes this is what i was born to do eat cheese by the mediterranean sea that's right (laughs) And drink wine, wine that has no preservatives, no sulfates. Like you don't like when you get drunk off the wine there, it's completely different than it is here, which I found very interesting. Like out there, like you could drink three, four bottles of wine and just have a slight buzz and be like, hmm, all right, I feel pretty good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the next morning you're like ready to go. You're like, wow, wasn't that fun last night, everybody? Didn't we have a jolly time? Let's drink another eight bottles tonight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, and eating super late. Like I know in Spain, I, we, I went to a restaurant and I think I went to it when it like first opened and it was like at eight o'clock at night. And it was weird because everybody was looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, we don't eat until like 10. <laughs> we don't eat dinner until 11. Like you... Do you want to be served or are you just coming to observe the place? Do you want a tour? Like, why are yeah, you Yeah, do you here? need to use the bathroom? Right, like... yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I'm a, can I Can I like to, you know, sit and they're like, oh, you, our kitchen just, oh, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> they're like, fucking Americans, Jesus Christ. And even when I was there, you know, I was like, they were just, you know, I'm like, you know, I felt like I needed to like move and, you know, get out of my feet and like, oh, I don't mean to be sitting here for so long. And they're like, dude, this is your table. Enjoy this moment. And I was like, seriously? I'm like, you can sit here for four hours. We don't give a shit. Like, we don't get paid off Dang. tips. They're like, we don't get paid off tips. Like, this, we just get paid. I mean, and it was insulting to even leave a tip. Like, I mean, some people, they'd be like, you can leave a little something, but, you know, don't, you don't tip like you do here in the States where, you know, our, um our, our waiters and waitresses that's you know that's their life that's, that's their, their livelihood. Living. yeah so it was like that was just eye-opening to me just to be able to relax and just chill and have a conversation and enjoy the moment enjoy the night enjoy the food and you know and then after that walk on on the beach and listen to the sound of the sea hit the shore and you just like oh my god like yeah 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 does it feel like does it feel to you like Americans are totally obsessed with like how much we work and like how much you can work and how much you do just like defines you where I feel like in Europe, everybody is just so much more like how much you're enjoying life. You know, it's just about how much you're enjoying life, how much fun you're having almost. And like, you should want to enjoy your work and they want you to take as like, they want you to take your three week vacations three weeks they're like leave isn't it time for your vacation please four leave. Weeks. like they don't want you to get burnt out it's ridiculous and then they got like i forget what they call it where they take the entire month off and that's the whole country <laughs> it's like in august they take the entire month off nothing is open but maybe like grocery stores but i can't remember what that's called but it, yeah literally i'm gonna have to look that up everybody cool. takes off 
in August and nobody does anything. One of my clients, she's from Albania and she was like, oh yeah, she was like, yeah. She's like the month of August, nobody works. Nobody does anything. <laughs> she's like, we sit and we watch football and we drink, we cheer, <laughs> we congrats, you know, and she's like, we just live life. And I'm like, well, why are you here? <laughs> like what? Yeah, right. What like, why you, would you want to leave? Why that? are you here? But you know, I mean, you make your money here. I, I will say this, like, for instance, um, like if we went to Russia right now, we would probably be gazillionaires because the dollar to the conversion rate of the dollar here into rubles, I think I'm saying that right, in Russia is like three times what a ruble is. So if you got like and you have to, I know, quote me on this, but let's just say, and I could be over-exaggerating, if you had like $20,000 in American cash, if you converted it over to rubles in, in Russia, it would turn out to like half a million dollars. <laughs> Damn. I was like, shit, I can go live in Russia. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I go live in Russia. Yeah, I was like, they got any acting jobs there? I'm like, I, I'll, I'll take that chance. <laughs> I can handle the cold. I like vodka. Hey, I'm going to Russia. I mean, <laughs> the cold can't be that much worse than it is there than it is here. And I was like, you know, for that, I'll, I'll, I'll take that chance. Screw it. And if not, then I'll just travel down to the Mediterranean and just, you know, exactly. Hit the beach. <laughs> you just change your mind. Yeah. And go I'm like, I'm a millionaire. You're like, I just tra I just converted my money. I'm a millionaire <laughs> right now. I was like, I will go to the Mediterranean, kick it, come back here, and you know work for three hours a day i love that and kick it so you know i love it <laughs> yeah that that would that would be my life right there 100 percent. so yeah but i'm looking forward to working with you again I'm, I'm looking forward to working with you too i know that we're gonna have like hopefully a long roster of projects we worked on together by the end of our careers yeah and i mean if nobody and I'm, nobody knows this but i'm like i I told you, you're like the Kate Winslet to my Leonardo DiCaprio, so. Yes, exactly. Like, I want us to be at award shows together. Like, I want us to be 70 years old and for people to be sharing, like, different photos of us through the years <laughs> together at the award ceremonies, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They'll be like, oh, look at them in their 20s. Look at them in their 30s. Like, did they age so well together? Look at these artistic cohorts. Yeah, exactly. You know, that that right there would be the dream. Um, but yeah, it's, I got a couple projects coming up. And like I say, stuff that I'm doing on my own that I'm going to yeah, have you a part of. Is there anything? Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. Um, is there anything, like, while we're wrapping this podcast up, like, do you want to plug anything you're working on or, like, what are your social media handles and places people can follow you and keep up on what you're doing? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, people can follow me on uh, Facebook. I, you can just, my name, Justin Mobley, J-U-S-T-I-N, last name, M-O-B-L-E-Y. Um, and my Instagram handle is the same, my name all together, lowercase with a uh, underscore slash line thing at the end of my last name. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that thing is, but it's that thing. <laughs> it is at the end of my last name. Um, you can follow me there. That's probably, that's mostly where I spend a lot of my social media time for the time being. I, I have a Twitter. I don't use it. And it's funny because when I signed up with Twitter, it literally was just becoming a thing. Like Ashton Kutcher is one of my friends on Twitter because <laughs> when when and when Twitter when I signed up, there was only maybe a hundred thousand people on Twitter, and Twitter and Ashton Kutcher was the only celebrity at the time on there. So like every Whoa. and everybody who like signed up and like you know clocked in with him, he added you. So and then he followed you back. So I was like, cool, I got a celebrity. And I never used it. I was like, this thing is stupid. But eventually, I'm probably going to end up having to get another Twitter account. I don't know. I, That's amazing, though. Like, at least you can still say that Ashton Kutcher is on there, even if you don't use Like, the fact that you don't use it and Ashton Kutcher is on there actually is even cooler. Right, right. You know, it's like. Like, you don't even need to post anything for a celebrity to want to be on your page. Hey, you know, even though he may never. And he actually <laughs> said hi to me. I said, hey, and, you know, and that was it. But. Um, yeah, so uh, that's pretty much where people can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, 
and yeah, that's that's it. I'm, I'm so- and we'll be watching out on all Chicago. You're going to be on. Did you say Met or PD? I'll be on both. Both. Yeah, I, I do Chicago PD. Chicago PD episode that I'm in airs, I believe, next week. Um, you won't see my face, but you will see me in action. I I get shot in that episode, and. Uh, I don't want to, I was going to be like, whoop, whoop. And then I'm like, no, don't cheer for Justin getting shot. Like, we don't want Justin to get shot, no. but we are excited it's, that we get to see you. It's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those artistic whoop, whoops that I get it. You know, it's like. <laughs> Thank you, know, you. The artistic whoop. Yeah, the artistic whoop, whoop. Like, he gets killed, but it was artistically. We understand that. He's still here. And he. he exactly. He fell gracefully. Like, you know, I, I take a. a a center shot to the mass of my chest and I had to like do the whole acting thing but um Ooh. yeah I mean I'm excited because I'm chasing a car down trying to kill two of the main characters and um yeah I just end up you know meeting my demise very quickly but hey. that is a doornail yeah yeah and it's, it was cold I was a doornail I was cold as a doornail too because my ass was laying on cold concrete and <laughs> trust me when you're sitting there with like fake blood coming out of you and you're just like okay any minute now you guys can say cut and yep. we can move on <laughs> please please <laughs> let's move on so you'll see me on that rust bitten booty yeah yeah so you'll see me chicago pd um at least in action and then um, I'll be on Chicago Med, like I said. Uh, I, I film this Friday, and that should be airing within a couple weeks. Second week, I believe, of March. But I'll let you know. Awesome, yeah. Justin. Thank you so much. This has been really awesome talking to you. Oh, thank you for having me on episode two. That's what I'm talking about. Episode two, artistic whoop 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 whoop. Because we got money. We because we got money, we're to explain y'all. that situation next time like when i do this like what is why we say that yes our inside joke of i got money i got money well when they see the when they see the movie they'll know yes we'll do a after the movie logo comes out i'll have you back on and we'll just we'll do a play-by-play a behind the scenes of club logo you should do like a uh a podcast with like the the crew. with every yeah. yeah, we should have everybody on. I like the way you think. Yeah, if not everybody, at least like three of us at a time and just do like, you know, kind of like, that, like a little panel. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'd be dope. I love it. I'd be dope. Okay, that's going to be definitely a thing. Cool. Well, Justin, I love you. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to episode two of That Zoe Girl. Thank you to Rojazu for our music. Thank you to everyone for just being so supportful to Justin. And yeah, catch me next Sunday. Yes, thank you guys. And uh, yeah, until next time. Peace and blessings. It's that Zoe girl. It's so fun.